ACAST. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Pussy Power. Welcome to another episode of Pussy Power. Today we have somebody who literally has been a longtime friend and also um, one of my favorite people. She's not just a friend, she's also one of my coaches. And like, I love this girl to death. We have Sarah Suyong, who is um, an energy healer, and she literally helps people bridge their spirituality. And like, she's she she just knows how to like make it make sense and not to woo woo, <laughs> you know. So it doesn't matter like. It doesn't matter how logical you are. She will, she will make you understand it in quantum physics, like language. So it's, it literally goes through your logical mind. She's coached me. Um, Pia works back, who's like Miss Universe 2015, and some of the most like awesome players out there. Sarah, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me, Angela. It's always a pleasure to have a chat with you, whether it's on a session, on a random chat, or in your bathrobe. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here, guys. Or it's a random Marites chat, but thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just in, like, some context. Yeah. I'm in my robe right now because it's, like, super cold, even though the AC isn't on because I had the fever, like, last a uh, couple days ago. Because I, like, because... My boyfriend had a fever, and then I didn't know how to take care of him without contracting the fever myself. So, not a life skill that I had. <laughs> but anyways, today um, we are gonna be like talking about intuition, which has been, you know, one of the biggest tools that I've used in like making my life better, making decisions for myself and really facing the hard shit in my life. And honestly, like we've worked, I've worked with Sarah for like a year. And then right now I don't feel like I have like, like anything major to fix in my life because I literally had everything that I, I we, we were working towards for like the past year. So guys, definitely it's been so fucking effective. I'm so happy with my life right now. So let's touch on the work that we've done and you know you helping me with my energy you helping me with um my connection with my intuition so could you like describe what it was like like what I was like before we started working together and you can totally be honest like it's it's totally fine <laughs> you know me and I'm always always honest yes. to the best of my ability I'm always honest <laughs> with love of course yes yes so oh my god um 
I was thinking it probably would have would be better if it's going to come from you to you know describe where you were but from my perspective oh wow and you were like a child in tantrum like a powerful child but a child in tantrum <laughs> who was angry at the world and he was just like out for revenge but seeking success from revenge and from fear and from anger so you're someone who was like a tiny volcano who's just like ready to erupt <laughs> but there was just so much pent up like emotions energy um there's a lot of wounds inside uh and i'm only for the first time voicing this out i've not actually voiced this out before in this way because one of my secrets when i work with people is i don't see these things the ones that i'm describing right now i don't see them when i work with a person because that's where my secret is from that's that's my superpower i don't ever see any of your wounds pains weakness limitations and blocks that's where the transformation begins when someone comes to me and all i can see are the perfection the sides and positivity and perfection that exists in that person inclusive of what we would call the negative things or the limitations of a person but anyway since this is the task at hand yeah that was just like a child on tantrum you were so i remember i think you came to me because you wanted to I don't know. I don't even remember. What did you want at that point? I think you wanted to double or triple your money. And yeah, you're yeah. starting to go I thought, into like, I thought yeah, I wanted more the money. money. Yeah, you thought you wanted more money. And I think you were, correct me if I'm wrong, at that time, um, you knew deep down that you're about to enter a phase in your life where you are going to mess things up and self-sabotage and just burn everything down. Well, am I right? I think yeah, 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 down yeah. you knew. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were kind of like, and a part of you was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Like I've worked so hard to build this agency or this, this business. And I'm like, I feel like I have the money, but something is missing. And I think that that something is missing piece is what really brought you to actually working with me. Yeah. And I don't, honestly, I don't even remember if you reached out, if I reached out happen it's all a blur now because it feels like such a long time ago like it feels like the person i'm talking to now is like just a completely different person altogether so yeah, yeah. that's what i remember to be and of course i can go into more detail but <laughs> we don't have to like those are the major things that are, are just like labels of angela that i would consider to be relevant for this conversation yeah so I, I asked you to describe me because it's, I think it's more like if I describe myself, it's like the, like the, the thing in the box describing itself. So it's like, it makes it a little harder, I think, but I, yeah. I definitely mm -hmm. remember just like using anger and using the desire to like say, fuck you, you know? to fuel me to get the things that I wanted because it worked like it, it worked it's been like a pattern and I kind of like got strength from that 
in a way, even though it's like obviously really destructive, you know. But it's it's like how how do I how do I describe it? It's like I got so much power out of being angry. And from that power, it's like I derived all the motivation. I derived all the like all the incentive to be successful because now I have people to prove wrong. You know, something like that. And one of the reasons, like it, it's really, it's really interesting because that time I thought I wanted more money. And then we kind of like figured out that I actually didn't want really want more money. It's, it's like, like- I just wanted to have, like, surprisingly, a function, a healthy functional relationship, which I have now, thanks to our work together. <laughs> so can we, can we, like, unpack? Because, because I think for for a lot of people, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people still derive strength and derive power out of like the lower, the lower frequency emotions, like you know, anger mm-hmm. and whatever else there is out there but it's really not serving them in the long term because I know it didn't serve me in the long term because like after after being like so angry and having like the success after the anger it's like there there was like a part of me that just like goes like eh I already did it so it's next I don't fucking know <laughs> so it, it was really it was really like confusing at times because yes like I was supposed to be enjoying things but after I I achieved the thing that I wanted to achieve and after I proved the like people wrong you know it's like the motivation dies down because now I don't have that fuel because I'm not angry anymore so that transition was really like and, and I remember I had fears you know I had fears that like what if I'm not gonna be driven if I'm not angry, and I and I think yeah. I'm not. I I'm remember not. that. <laughs> and I and I like because I had so much willpower, and I remember just like just feeling things in my solar plexus, like that was like my my kind of like power center. Having for yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and it it was really weird because I had this pattern where you know after building something successfully the moment that I got what I wanted it's like I wanted to tear everything down yeah Yeah. and I I I honestly didn't know like where that came from but I I, I'm aware that I'm not you know the only one kind of like struggling with that where it's Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of like successful people who've mm-hmm. who have like gotten their drive and gotten their determination from like quote unquote a like negative place but yeah. and but the thing is I don't think it's sustainable in the long run and I think we've already figured this out so how like what was the work that we've done to kind of like rewire rewire that and if if there's anyone listening here who like um sees themselves in how it used to be and they're like I don't want to be this way anymore I know that it's not going to serve me in the long run it's probably not 
healthy for my relationships. Well, I'm going to get add a couple more things there in what you're saying so that our listeners can understand more what's actually really happening. Um, and the answer is quite surprisingly simple, but there are complex parts to that simplicity. So uh, first of all, in terms of motivation, what's going on is that you were operating more from a uh, something that we call an away from motivation. And I remember giving like a metaphor of this, of the rabbit and the turtle going to a race and trying to compete. And the rabbit's motivation is an away from motivation. The turtle has a towards motivation or towards love motivation. And away from is more of a fear-based motivation, right? So the rabbit is like, he, he has everything that he needs to succeed in that race to win. And he is ahead in everything <laughs> in comparison to the turtle, but ends up losing. And the reason for that is because the, the motivation that was fueling the drive to win was fear-based. And when you, at a certain point, um, reach a certain distance away from the thing you're running away from, the motivation is then lost in the process. This just if you imagine motivation or the fear as like a source of heat, right? And the, the farther you go away from the heat, less intense the heat becomes until you no longer feel the heat. And if heat equals pain, when you no longer feel the pain, then you're no longer motivated to move away from the pain. So that is why that motivation type is not sustainable long term. Because when you're far away from the pain, there's no drive anymore. I'm not, my, my motivation is to run away from pain. I don't feel pain. I'm done, right? Yeah. And this this type of thing is seen everywhere, not just in, you know, wealth, business, even in health. Lots of people go to the doctor when they're in pain and they take something and when the pain's gone, they feel like they're okay, but not really. The symptoms just gone. They stop, you know, being permanent changes in their lifestyle or maybe even sometimes continuing the medication. Hear what's really that's an away from motivation. That's like a fear-based motivation. So your fear was like, ah, oh, if I don't succeed, they're all going to be right about me. <laughs> or like, I, I wouldn't be worthy, right? Or I won't, I won't be loved or accepted. Or um, then everything they said about me that I was, you know, not worthy, not capable, uh, that I don't deserve to be successful or that I need them, then they will be right. And that's freaking scary and that hurts. So it's like, you know, very fear-based, very emotionally intense, uh, the lower frequency emotions-based um, motivation. If you compare that to a towards love motivation or any towards really, like towards health, towards success, towards fun, towards joy, towards growth type of motivation, the relationship of your progress and the motivation is directly proportional, not inversely proportional, just like earlier. So it's directly proportional, which means the closer you are to your goal, the more motivated you become. So if you think about it, the two sources of heat, right? It's like if there's fire here and heat, and let's imagine that as like the pain and the hurt and the fear. And you have here, let's say a beautiful, um, cool breeze, right? Really fresh air. And if your motivation was away from, as I explained earlier, when you're no longer feeling the heat, your motivation is gone. You stop at the middle and then the progress ends. Yeah. And it's unsustainable. And because you're afraid that you've lost all your motivation, you, you 
will then go into self-sabotage and recreate that fire from where you already are by sabotaging whatever success you've had, just like, like what you've done, like just burning everything down to the ground yeah. <laughs> or doing whatever, creating whatever drama you can create to create more pain. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if, uh, if you look at the other source of motivation, which is the cool breeze, right? And let's imagine that as like, building a life that is that has time financial freedom or maybe being your healthiest version of yourself right and the closer you get to that cool breeze the more motivated you become because the more signs of progress you have and your focus is not on the past your focus is also on this version of you that you are moving towards so the closer you are to that goal the more excited you become so that is the long-term, more sustainable type of motivation. So for the listeners there, if that made more sense, and if you are actually in that place, you know, and the question of Angela is like, what's the trick? Like, how do you, how do we make that happen? Like, how do you make that transition? What I said was like, it's actually a very simple thing. It's simple, but there are blocks that you really have to overcome. It's simple because the the once you recognize or once you become aware, once you have that certain level of self-awareness that your motivation all this time has always been to prove people wrong or to uh, drive um, energy from your negative emotions. Or when I say negative, I don't mean bad, just like heavier, more uncomfortable emotions. Um, because you know me, I don't believe in the concept of good and bad emotions. There's no such thing but on the a denser, heavier emotions, right? If you are that person and you're realizing that it's not working, you've, you've gone through a couple of like ups and downs and failures and, and start overs, and you're starting to worry that you're running out of time, the, all you have to do is actually identify what that exact source is. If it's fear of rejection, if it's fear of abandonment, if it's trying to... Uh, if it's anger from your dad, if your dad, if you have dad or mom issues, ex issues, whatever issues you have, you identify what you are afraid of, because what it will show you is your deepest fear. And when you know what your deepest fear is, it's a clue to what would inspire you the most. Mm. Oh my God, I love you, Andrea. You're actually taking down notes. I love you so much. This is what I miss about you. <laughs> Once you know what your deepest fear is in life, you will also have a clue on what would inspire you the most, on what would give you an endless, infinite supply of motivation, inspiration, and beautiful, loving energy as you move through that. So if you, for example, maybe using you directly and indirectly, let's create a fictional character. <laughs> when you realize that you actually did have some daddy issues to deal with, and then we kind of worked through that. And like, you know, after years and years of having those issues, finally had a functional relationship with your dad, right? For however long that lasted, for whatever purpose that served. And finally, you were able to move on from your ex. <laughs> Which, oh my God, that's one of the other things. I was like, really, Ange? You're still dealing with this? Are we allowed to say bad words in this podcast? Yes, yeah. You're still dealing with this shit, really? Okay, that's fine. Let's deal with it anyway. So uh, that's, uh, and also now that I remember it, that's actually one of my most favorite kind of like wins in early on when we were working together. 
when you finally moved on from your ex and realized realized your worth realized also your own contribution to that relationship like your growth from the wisdom of that experience is one of my favorite wins in our journey together because that is one of the biggest kind of like milestones when I really knew that we were getting somewhere and that we're getting somewhere that's actually going to be permanent or at least sustainable in terms of your growth so when <laughs> When we realize that, yeah, daddy issues and all these things around the masculine energy and we work through that, um, it gave you a clue that, holy shit, my main kink, it's a jargon that Angela and I know about, it's your egoistic kink, is that you like making people disposable and you like being extremely in independent, right? And you like... Um, graduating people from relationships so as we now discovered what you were actually really looking for is a healthy functional relationship so that was a long transition but you came to that realization that that was what you were averting from or away from in, and instead now realizing and experiencing firsthand wow, this is actually what I have been wanting or looking for or searching for a long time. I love your face. It's like, are you just realizing this now, love? <laughs> yeah, that's a eureka moment because like... <laughs> it's like we're having a session. <laughs> it's a eureka moment for me because like before I, 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 so much of my desire to be successful was my like desire to be independent because I was so sick and tired of like all the power tripping bullshit that I experienced with my dad and it's like now like a light bulb literally just went off in my head because like now that I do have like a really fucking healthy functional relationship like I'm no longer attached to anger and that's no longer my fuel. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> like literally just like realizing that now. Oh my God, Andrew, I love you so much. <laughs> I thought you knew that, but um, no. I love the way you phrased the question because then it's allowed me to actually link all those pieces together. Yeah. And oh, I think- well, movie. Hmm. I think like for- for the people who are listening and they like want to get to a better place, but they have fears of like, what if I lose the success that I've built? Because, you know, I've, I've held on to this motivation so much mm -hmm. and it's gotten me to where I am and I, and I'm happy with where I am, but for some reason, like there's like a part of me feels like it's not, you know, it's not super right or a part of me feels like mm -hmm. there's something off like mm -hmm. what would you tell them like what would they need to do to get from a place of like being motivated from an away from perspective to a moving towards perspective okay I, I'm gonna segue a little bit because that's just the way I am <laughs> I have good news and bad news. <laughs> the bad news is that I cannot guarantee that you will not lose what you've built. Mm. But that may I not love entirely that. I love be that. 
I love that. That's so true. Because, yeah, because the thing is, when you realize that you've been operating from this fear state of living for the longest time, when you make that transition and you're actually ready to really do transition to the more um, alignment with love motivation, a part of you is not going to be wanting to keep what you've built. But it's now going to come from not a self-sabotage place, but an actual, real, expansive, conscious growth space. It will no longer resonate with you because that the energy, <laughs> that thing that you've built, the energy you've spent there, your views, your beliefs, your patterns, has motivated you to build that, let's say, mini castle, right? that holds the frequency of your old reality. Yeah. And when you're truly ready to transition, you will be ready to let go of that frequency. You will... Bad news is, I can't guarantee that it's gonna stay there. It's definitely gonna, probably gonna go away. Good news is that's probably what you're gonna, you're gonna want anyway, and it's probably gonna be healthier for you anyway. And uh, part of the good news is, whatever technical skills or life, skills that you've learned in building that building that business or um, state of living, you will still be able to apply that as you move forward into a different kind of living. The lessons, the wisdom, the experience, uh, whether it's actual business skills, writing skills, soft skills, whatever skills you have there, you, it's going to come with you. But we're going to purify and transform the fuel that you use for those skills so that they feel more aligned with the towards love motivation. So how you transition is, as I've said, it's simple, but also complex. When uh, we've left off from um, your biggest fear, giving you the clue to your biggest inspiration or biggest source of love. And when you have that, because you flip it, it's this, the, the beautiful, around energy and duality and what we you know always talk about in our sessions is that um, everything is just one and the same so your biggest fear is actually also <laughs> your biggest source of love but it's good it's looking at the same coin on the opposite side so it's the same coin with two faces hmm. the face of fear and then the face of love so you're looking at the same thing so you're literally just flipping it over if you're afraid of getting sick you're excited about being healthy. You're excited about the freedom that health brings you. If you're afraid of getting broke and afraid of like being homeless or you know losing your job, losing security, then you love you love the the freedom that wealth and money can bring, the security that money can bring. So it's pretty much the same thing, but you're looking at it on a different side or perspective. I like calling the subconscious mind as our gatekeeper. From our experiences, you know, all throughout our life, our childhood experiences, micro and macro traumas, significant emotional experiences that leave uh, a pattern in our mind, in our body, in our system, all of these things are, are stored in our subconscious mind as a pattern, as a sort of belief system, value system. You know, and the subconscious mind, it's like programming. It's like it's like codes of how we conduct ourselves in the world of the thoughts, emotions, beliefs that we hold, values that we hold. Right. 
unfortunately, that subconscious mind is kind of like, as the word itself suggests, subconscious. It means it's only sub-accessible to you, which is why a lot of people go into personal development work, inner work, they read a lot of books, they try to create new habits, blah, 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 blah. And they have all the knowledge, right, that they need to actually succeed, just like the rabbit, as I've said, he had everything that he needs to succeed, but because of the wrong motivation, he still lost in the wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you don't, uh, if you fail to reprogram your subconscious, it will serve like a gatekeeper and will make the transition a bit difficult for you to do it alone. It's not impossible. And a lot of people have achieved this. Of course, inner personal work can be done alone. Of course. If you want to do it faster, though, you want to do it more in a more automated way and with the help of people, it's better to, I really, really advocate, you know, working with a professional. So for your subconscious mind, all the patterns that are there, is there to protect you and to serve you and to keep you safe. And so it's going to do everything in its power to stop you from transitioning to the scary side. So the subconscious mind is like amazingly smart, but also a little bit dumb. You know, it doesn't actually know when you are doing something that's right for you. It will have its own way of deciding for you what's right for you based on your own past traumas and needs. Mm. So... If you have a way of reprogramming your subconscious mind, there's so many ways to do it now. Like, like there, there has not been a generation that has been honestly luckier than our generation to have access to solidarities in helping reprogram your subconscious mind. You can do it in your own pace, in your doing your own personal inner work, yes. Um, or you can work with, a, as I've said, a professional to shift the beliefs that are holding you back and change the programming in your subconscious, access that different state of thinking so that then you can shift your whole identity. It's not just about shifting your motivation from fear-based to love-based. It's not just about a perspective shift. It's an identity shift of who you are. That is the deepest level of shift that you can create, who you are, who you think you are. Because the moment that you do something that is not you, it will not be sustainable because then who you think you are will be against it, will hold you back, will pull you back. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And one of the, one of so the reasons you would want to yeah. shift your identity. Yes, yeah, sorry. So you just to wrap that up, you you would want to shift your identity. And on a superficial kind of like introductory level, you identify the new you that you want to become, and you vibrate energetically from there. You know the classic be do have process. Become who you want to be first. Do aligned inspired actions. And then the having will become a, a secondary win. Just like you have shifted yourself and became who you really are or who you wanted to be, did inspired aligned actions, and then put yourself in situations that attracted or give, gave you the opportunities to meet the right people. And eventually, as we were talking about relationships, you know, someone that you have now, you're now building a, like a really healthy functional relationship with. So the having was secondary. We weren't actually aiming for that, right? Even though it was, and as we have just all witnessed live in this podcast, 
it was more of a back realization, a eureka moment that, oh my God, yeah, I have what I wanted, what? <laughs> I didn't even know I was aiming for that, you know? It was more like oh, a realization because then the having is just a bonus because you're being in alignment with the vibration of your truth of who you really are. And there's work around healing that we've done. There's work around mindset that we've done. But there's definitely a lot of energetic shifts that we've done. So yeah, um, I think that answered at least your question a little yeah. bit and yeah. more. What my Eureka moment was like when I realized that not really like the having because we were working around like the trauma and whatever but when like how do I how do I explain this like when we worked through those things like all the energy healing all that work it's kind of like I got to a place where I attracted that relationship and after that happened, it's kind of like the place from which I'm operating shifted and it's not anger anymore. Because like, for example, when I started the agency, I was just out to like flip a fuck you finger to everyone else. And that was definitely out of anger and out of like, I think a little bit of fear too that I would, you know, have to do things I don't want to do, like lower my pride. <laughs> and my my ego doesn't like that, obviously. And now it's like starting this podcast, it like it's like a light bulb went off in my head because like I love what I'm doing. Like I would do this even if I'm not paid. And it's actually very surprising that when I decided I would be a podcaster, it's like everything just like came into place. It's like I got connected to amazing people. Like it's like one of my biggest goals is to have like the number one self-help podcast in Asia. And it's like, I'm now going to be like interviewed on like the show with this former Playboy playmate and then another one, like a podcast that won like the best podcast awards in Asia. And it's just like so amazing because I'm not doing it out of anger. It's just like, oh, I love what I'm doing. Yeah. And I love, I love what you said about identity shift because I don't know. I actually did not know that I was kind of like suppressing a part of myself because it became kind of like a defense mechanism. So I'm, I'm sure not it's not just me who did this like I'm pretty sure you know there are a lot of women out there who are very much in their masculine and a lot of the time a lot of a lot of the time it's just like it's something that's defense mechanism because if you if you don't have like a very healthy relationship with like the masculine energy in general it's like you develop more of that in yourself to keep yourself safe. And it's kind of like, for example, with my dad, it's like, oh, I could never trust you to make things happen. So I'll, I'll just make them happen myself. And uh, like, while I was doing that, I 
repressed my feminine a lot as in like repressed it and I was kind of like denying my desire to be like pampered and taken care of because I was operating from that (laughs) because I was operating from that you know like defense mechanism so I I love that it's you said something about an identity shift because that I feel like that's exactly what happened to me like right now I'm just like super shocked that you know like that's kind of like the I'm like a child again and I feel so safe in this relationship that I can be in my feminine and I think I think a lot like I've heard a lot of stories and even one of my clients when he first met me he said like he thought oh who's this chick with a dick so hilarious and like I think there are a lot of women who are struggling with kind of like the same thing too they they want a really great relationship but they they're ingrained in their masculine so hard that they don't even know where to start so for for those instances and maybe not just for people wanting to be in a relationship like what is the process that you know for example we've done so that people can have an idea of like the work that it really took because like it's not like I, I just woke up the next day and be like oh amazing I have an amazing relationship I, I love myself so much it's really not like that like you and I both know that you got sick like even my friends got sick of me just like lamenting over the same shit over and over <laughs> So what was what was the work that we've done around that? I love that question. It's actually making me think. Um, everything boils back boils back down to the work that you do within. Right. So when we started working on you and started like really sensing the energy that you have, that you vibrate, that you go about with daily. Um, things definitely started to shift externally. Um, there's definitely a lot of healing work that we've done. As I've said, like if you have mommy daddy issues, then it's definitely going to show up in all your other relationships because your parents and your immediate family, even if they're not like your biolog- biological parents, like other adults or intimate relationships that you have when you were younger, they will be the basis by which you form attachment styles or intimacy styles, or they will be the basis by which you communicate with others, express your your emotions with others. So when your relationship with your parents are not sparkly okay, that's a good place to start. Always inspect your relationship with your parents. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I tell that to some of my friends and even clients. Like they're so dating something new and they're like asking me for advice. Like I don't know, I don't know them. How about you check out your relationship with your parents and see if that's something that you would like to have in the future? Because it's a really good clue. Um, it's only for me personally. It's only okay to not be fully okay with your parents if. The parents themselves are really toxic and have not done work in, in themselves as well. It's also healthy to actually really put a bit of distance from relationships that are really not working, but no longer hold that grudge, resentment, or anger. 
just love them from a distance is the way, right? But uh, if you have not even tried to work in it, if you've not even done any work at all with the relationship you have with your parents and you're just leaving it to pieces and you're just in blame and victimhood, then that's a sign that there's some work left to do. And when uh, just that work is enough to shift so many things in your life, I promise. Come back to me if this is a flunk and I will talk. <laughs> but I promise if you actually seriously do some relationship with your primary relationship, your parents, your family members, um, even I did that. Even I was in a denial for a little bit. I've always thought that I've released, you know, my resentment and anger with my own parents and, uh, and, and have let go of like the victim stories that I've had growing up. When I uh, really inspected my experience with codependency uh, in, my, in my most recent um, relationship breakup, I realized, wow, there were so many things that I still actually needed to, quote unquote, make amends with, right? Like people that I need to make, make amends with and actions I need to uh, make amends for and resentment I needed to let go. And as long as you take that kind of action and really let go of the judgments that you've held about these people in your life, then you will be propelled towards more beautiful, loving relationships in your present moment, or you will be moved to a place where you are going to attract um, people who are more in alignment with you. Sorry, I, and on all honestly, I don't even remember your question. <laughs> I got so absorbed in that conversation. What was the main question? The question is the what was the work that we've done? Because oh. like the transformation that I've had, honestly, like it's been one of the most fulfilling things ever. And obviously, you know, you know, Nero told me that like working with you. And my encouragement of him to work with you was one of the biggest gifts that, you know, I've given him. Nero, if you're listening, love you. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, um, so there's definitely a lot of healing that we've done. Um, also, I would like to take this opportunity to also correct something, or it's, this is a very minor technical thing. I don't really identify myself as a healer, at least now or, or anymore. Um, I would call myself a facilitator. Because you, Angela, you did the healing yourself. And everyone is capable of doing that with the right guidance, with the right processes, with the right method, with the right intentions, right? With, with the right commitment in place and persistence, everyone can heal themselves. And that's one of the things that I really patronize and believe in and wish to accomplish with all of my clients, the realization that you can. You can, as you have probably already been experiencing, you're like, oh my God, I everything that happens to me now, I can kind of like sort out myself. Like I don't, I don't need like a Sarah 911 dial to kind of like sort out my shit, right? For me. Um, so everyone can do that. But at the start, as I've said, it is tricky when your yeah. subconscious mind as a gatekeeper is stopping you from making those identity shifts because they are deep wounds. Mostly when you are in a rot, like those are just symptoms from deep, 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 deep core wounds that have been long buried from the past. So uh, the work that we've done involved a lot of healing. But I was just facilitating, yes, guiding, supporting you. And yes, sometimes uh, doing the processes with you and allowing my own ability to intuitively tap into your blocks to facilitate the work that was needed to be done. Um, but it really is 
facilitative work. I'm like, I'm not the one doing it, but it was your higher self. It was also your own divine nature, which again, something that I truly majorly patronize and believe in, in all of the work that I do, right? When I work with someone, I just see the perfection in them and their biggest potentials already materialized. And that, as, as I've said, is my biggest secret. Like when you hold that frequency and you serve that to a person, you leave no space for all of their self-doubt, their hesitation. Um, recently, without divulging any other prior, um, any other private information, recently, I've had such a magical spiritual experience with a client who was also a friend. Um, we've had, we were just relaxing, and she's, she've had such massive what others would probably call kundalini awakening or others would also call samadhi experience others would call nirvana experience and all i did was just really hold that frequency of unconditional love and seeing that person in their purest essence their truth of being in their divine selves that i think is the ultimate work to be done in every one of us, realizing who you really are. Um, there is, I remember a time when I've mentioned on a live, I think, or another article where I was saying that poor self-esteem is really just a, a symptom of disconnection from your truth. Poor self-esteem is forgetfulness that you are divine, that you are powerful, that you're connected to the source, that you are connected to God, that you are the son of God or daughter of God, that you are the son or daughter of the universe, and that you have a higher self and that you have the Holy Spirit and whatever other terminologies that you use. It doesn't really matter. But when you feel disconnected and you feel shrunk into this matter, this physical form <laughs> that we have that is just limited, then of course you suffer from lower self-esteem the vastness of the universe it is logical to feel small we are nothing but like a speck of dust even the time that spent as human beings in the timeline of the whole universe is nothing but a blink of an eye so it is logical to feel small when you are disconnected from your truth, when you are disconnected from God, from source, from your own divinity. And so that is where the true healing will come from. You remember who you are. You connect to your truth. You connect to your sovereignty, your divinity. And although I don't use these terms a lot when we do sessions, and that's pretty much the goal of every session that we've done. Every work that we've done is to remind you of what you're capable of, of your truth, of your power, of the energy and power that lies within you. And, you know, a famous book from a very famous personal development person, Tony Robbins, which I haven't read yet, I probably should read this, Awaken the Giant Within, kind of makes sense, right? Just that title is like, it's your awakening. It's awakening who you really are. But for me, it's more like just a remembering because it's always been there. And that's why a lot of people really naturally would have a seeking path of that truth because we do go through that journey of forgetfulness and then we suffer from our childhood realizing how incapable we are of eating without 
you know, the adults around us of like being safe in this like modern world and, you know, how to operate in this like society. So it is kind of like spiritually traumatic in a way to live in a very limited way of living as a, in a physical form. And it is in that work of remembering for uh, healing those traumas, healing those beliefs and limitations that you have about who you are, that the true transformation comes. So I know that's not entirely very specific to like, well, uh, you know, the work that we've done, but everything that we've done um, in all the modality tools I do use in our sessions to facilitate that shift, every session was progress towards remembering your truth. Mm. I can definitely attest to what you said about needing to heal and looking at your parental relationships because one of the biggest things that we've done was really working through my daddy issues and that has shifted so many things like so many things in my life like I don't even think I would be in a in this amazing healthy relationship if we didn't work through that you know and I love what you said about remembering because like I've I've like I've been really like curious about like what the fuck did we do and how did we get here? <laughs> it's like it's like subconsciously I know you've done a lot of things, but like you know, it's it's just like what exactly did we do? Because like if if this transformation is possible for me, it's also possible to like everyone out there, basically. And it's it's kind of well, obviously everyone is in their own journey, but it's like I know this, I know this for a fact. So many people are not are probably not gonna be able to process through their issues in their in this lifetime and I think that's just a little a little you know a little sad because like that would probably mean they're going to be in a state of suffering and I feel like if there's a way of out of that suffering then suffering isn't really that necessary obviously we're still going to suffer on a day-to-day that's what life is about but if there's a way to kind of like heal, then I feel like, you know, so many people would live a much better life. I want to touch back on like what you said about you just seeing like the perfection in every single person you come across with. Like what, what exactly does that mean? And what about that? Like, as you said, it's like Sarah's secret sauce, basically. It's what about that makes it work? <laughs> My mind just kind of like gave me like a plan how to explain that. And we're going to touch on quantum basis, but I'm not sure if we're going to have enough time, but I'm going to try to make it simple. <laughs> um, so I think 
I'm pretty sure you've heard me say this before. And for those who know me, I used to own a business uh, and it's around events and makeup, right? And it's the same principle. And I'm going to use it as a metaphor because it's easier to understand. So when, when a client comes to me and when I was um, doing the role of a makeup artist and they come to me and they complain to me and tell me all of the things that they find as ugly or imperfect about their face or themselves, right? Oh my God, we need to cover this up. Oh my, I have bad, my hair is so bad, my pimples, my pores, my oiliness. They come to me with all of their problems, let's say, right? Or imperfections. And I look at them and I smile, like I don't smile like a creepy heart, I smile. Because what I see are not all the things that they point out. What I see is the finished product. Who they work together, see the finished look. And so the things that they are talking about no longer existed in my own perception. And if you are not new to um, the spiritual community jargon, you will know that perception is projection. Let me say that again. Perception is projection. When you perceive something, you are projecting that into your own reality. And in... This is not even quantum physics. This is just standard physics. We understand that how energy waves work is that when there is a wave of energy that is stronger, if you have two sources of energy waves, one is stronger and one is weaker, the weaker wave will become entrained. That is what it goes through. It, it goes through entrainment. The weaker energy wave or signal will become entrained to the stronger energy wave. In short, if you have, let's put it in a musical instrument example. If you have um, piano and then you have a guitar room, if you are string on the piano on the note of D or G and you have guitar strings on different notes, you continuously press on that um, note. And eventually, if you touch that, or if you feel into or try to listen to the string, it will actually start vibrating. The corresponding note will start vibrating because of entrainment. And because there was no signal, or let's say that was the weaker signal, right? It was steady. There was no wave coming from that, from other string, um, yeah, from other strings of that instrument. So what when two energy signals meet and one is stronger, the stronger one kind of wins. Does that make sense? So yeah. if we have two projections coming from two different perceptions by two individuals, the other person is complaining about all the problems. The other person holds a frequency of perfection for that person, not even for herself or himself, but for that person. And that person holds that frequency so strongly, so unshakably just real, with, with full of conviction, there is no space for the doubts and the problems, all this drama to exist in that space. And, you know, for however long it takes, maybe it will take a few seconds, a few minutes, an hour, maybe days. But if you continuously hold that frequency of unconditional love acceptance and just in, its, in their most 
pure, most divine, perfect form, all the other problems will melt away. And I want to share a magic that I've done, like recently. So we all know COVID, COVID has been in our lives for some time now. And a lot of people are really scared of COVID. And I'm actually not scared of COVID. And it's funny because like, it's almost like I would dare myself to have it just so I can prove that I can like just deal with it or clear it or heal it. But uh, I, I know a couple of people now who are really close to me who, who've had it. And I've had a special opportunity to interact with someone who, who has it. And potentially now I might get it like in the next few days, but honestly, I'm feeling amazing. <laughs> I'm still feeling amazing. And what I did was that there was just no space in my frequency. Like the person is positive. Like he, he you know, he knows that he has COVID. And, but in my perception, in my frequency and reality and projection of reality, even though COVID does exist, that version of sickness in my reality is not fatal. It's part of a bigger purpose. It's part of, of his personal life journey, right? And, and therefore is a beautiful gift and not something to be afraid of, not something to be feared, not something to be completely kind of just like appalled by. So for me, COVID became a form of kind of like frequency of love. And so this is like a version of alchemy in perception and emotions, and therefore in your vibration, right? You're alchemizing and shifting the way you look at things, and therefore the energy that you send out about that topic or about that sickness completely shifts. And so for me, because I shifted that, the next day he was feeling amazing, even though he was supposed to be like having the worst day of his life. And yes, he definitely still probably has the virus and his body is still working through fighting that off completely. But like, he felt like really healthy and amazing. So I'm like, well, of course he's still sick, but like, he's not dying. It's not fatal. He's not even, you know, experiencing really, really bad symptoms. So like, you can create physical shifts immediately when you hold vibrations of unconditional love. And going back to what I was sharing earlier of that experience with another client, with, with that friend, we were having a really relaxed time and we were really just having a conversation. And then we came to a place where I was able to hold that frequency. And she has had, in her own words, one of the biggest spiritual experiences in her life. And this woman has done so many things, has, done, uh, has gone to Bali, traveled the world, met so many healers and spiritual workers and all of these things, and even lost her faith in like the healing community or the spiritual community because she's been scanned so many times there are people claiming to be, you know, like healers or like coaches and her actually not experiencing anything at all. And us having a special moment of just like, honestly, we're eating pad thai and we're just having a moment in the pool, in the spa. And all I did was hold that space for her of unconditional love, acceptance, and just seeing her in her most purest, most divine form. That gave her the space to be entrained in that frequency and experience the biggest spiritual experience in her life. Potentially a Kundalini awakening or a Samadhi experience or even Nirvana for, for a glimpse. And that's even for me, like I didn't realize at the end how, well, sorry, I was going to curse, how fucking massive 
<laughs> how fucking massive that is um until i look back because in that moment i was just really truly present with her holding that unconditional love for her so that is my recipe that is my secret when i work with people and yes the ego does need convincing it doesn't always just happen like that because the ego becomes really noisy at times and um when when a person is really committed to fighting for their limitations then it does make it a little bit tricky for the person like myself or other facilitators to hold that space yeah so sometimes it does take a process so for some people that i work with um shifts can happen in like just a couple of sessions some would take months some would take a few weeks and then months to create really, really dramatic results. And then they would want to continue on that momentum, right? I think that's pretty much what happened with us. You're like, oh my God, so many things are changing and, and happening for me. And I, I want I want more, like, but now it's not from fear. Now it's more of like an interest and passion for more exploration in life. Like what's next for me? How do I own this magic, right? How do I wield this magic wand and really just create this reality that I love for myself? So yeah um did that explain or answer your question on how that works a little bit i didn't really go into very scientific stuff but basics of how energy works is easy enough to understand i believe yeah i think it's not it's like if if people are like super new to this this they're probably gonna be like oh what the fuck are they talking about but it it, it does make sense it does make sense and you mentioned something about, you know, spiritual alchemy, which like I was just like nodding my head because I think you holding this space for people allows them to kind of, because sometimes you're not always like convinced of your power. Sometimes you need someone to like show you like a different, like a different mirror for you to come into that realization yeah. of like, oh shit, right. I'm actually fucking powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when yeah. you what I what I love about working with you is you just know how to explain stuff. I don't know how you do it. It's it's almost like it's very intuitive. It's like how you facilitate. I'm gonna use the like preferred terms now. How you facilitate healing and how you like guide someone through that process. It's like you know, when I have questions, because like, guys, I was literally the most like skeptical, logical person. I would just question everything. <laughs> and you just knew how to get through. And I love like, that about yeah. you. Just, just to clarify, I do love that about Angela. And honestly, like, uh, I think my favorite clients are the skeptics those who were like this is bullshit and and then when we start working together we'll be like okay i'm converted fully yeah because <laughs> so it's that, not that's why it's, I love it's not just a mental thing it's like my life is like a testament to how how effective the work that we've done has been so i like guys i've spent like a pretty decent amount of money you know with all this healing but i can attest to how much it's been worth it because now I have so much happiness I have so much peace I have like such a big space for you know exploring 
not just myself, but you know, the things like the amazing things that life has to offer without having to cling to like my previous sources of motivation, which has proved to, you know, not be the most reliable and not be the most um, beneficial for me. So touching back to, yeah. Yeah, can I add something? Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. You, there was a bit of so um, because you because of how you were sharing that something came to me. I think, and this is more of a realization for me as well. Um, I think what makes it really special, like the work that we've done together, or specifically how I do things, right? In the doing sort of things, I I went about this like really spiritual. I went into the zone and explained the spiritual side of things, but. Um, in our society, we have a lot of helpers and facilitators, right? We have physical doctors, physicians, right? We have counselors or coaches. We have um, priests or um, spiritual teachers. We have physical trainers. So we have people who would address different aspects of life. I think what's really important as another you know, mm, crucial piece in the work that we've done together is the integration. The integration of all the parts of the work. Because even when my own specialty is very energetic and spiritual in nature, it will not get through to people, as you have already emphasized, who are really logical, you know. You can't just give them the pill of energy work or spiritual work and say that this works, take it. Because as equally effective as a placebo, there is also a thing called the nocebo, right? You yourself can counter real effective medicines or modalities just because you don't understand it or believe it. So I think the, the what makes the work uh, that we've done really special or what I do to be really different is that I really am able to integrate different aspects of the work so that you can really do have a holistic process of development and healing. And it's highly, highly, highly uh, guided by um, the spiritual energetic work that I do. But it's never lacking on the emotional, physical, mental side of things as well. We know how to integrate it in the mind, in the body, and, and in the emotions. Yeah. So I, what I find, because here's the thing, a lot of people, they would go to, for example, they would um, go to the forest, the Amazons, and go take ayahuasca, or they would go to this shamanic experiences. But if it doesn't get integrated in your life, then it's it becomes a blip, right? It becomes a one-off, I got high, and then I'm back to the old self because the shift wasn't fully integrated. And for you to really have exponential sustainable results, everything that you do should find its way into an integrated way of being applied in your day-to-day. -day. 
And I think we did well with that in working together because you were always the logical one of like, okay, how does this then work? What do I, what are the actual step one, two, three things, right? And I and yeah, okay, step one, two, three, do this. And kudos to you. I really did love working with you because you really do do the assignments. The, at times you would be lazy, but most of the time you did amazingly well in actually applying the things that I tell you to do. So um, yeah, I think that's a very crucial piece that everyone needs to hear. If you go to a doctor, take a pill and do not make any changes in your lifestyle, you'll find yourself in the same sickness two years down the road, right? In the same way, even if you do like energetic healing, emotional clearing, all the work that you do with me, yes, it will create amazing results. But if it doesn't find its way uh, being integrated in your day to day, two, three years down the line, you're back in the same place, dealing with the same problems, right? So um, our work has been really holistic. They can build on top of each other and create really big big and even bigger results for you like a domino effect yeah that's I all on the end sorry i love what you said about integration because they create and it made me think about like what did i do differently that made this possible for me and it's actually a really good thought exercise. And touching back to like what the original topic of this like recording was supposed to be, it was supposed to be intuition, but obviously we just talked about a plethora of things. It was actually like my intuition that like told me, like I think it was yesterday, to talk about the work that we've done. Because I think it's like, easier for people to see themselves in other people indirectly and kind of like show them how we're it's almost like reverse engineering what we've done so that they can see what it takes how much work they would need to do and that also um, and also that it's possible for them to get to the place that they want to be in because I think, you know, like I, some of your clients, I was also in that place where on the outside, it seemed like I had everything going for me, but I just felt like it just wasn't where I was supposed to be. And guys, she is totally right. She can't guarantee that you're not going to lose the things that you've built out of fear and out of anger. But if that means you're going to be led to a much better path where you're happier where you're actually more aligned than I in my humble opinion I think it's definitely worth it because like yeah what's the point like and I, I see this with you know the people in my in my life too it's like what's the point of having like every fucking physical physical thing that you want if you're if deep inside you're really not happy you know it's like you're always gonna try to fill that void with something and at the end of the day it's never gonna be enough because you're you're working on the external plane 
when you're supposed to be working on the internal plan. Exactly. Exactly. I love that, Ange. Um, and it's true. It's really true. A lot of the things that you think you want in this life, you don't actually want them. In all honesty, you don't. You really don't. You're only after the feeling that it gives you. And that's why the work that we do is always internal because you realize, holy shit, I do have everything that I've ever wanted, ever. And it is accessible to me. But then I'm projecting them externally, thinking that the external things is what's going to give it to me, whereas it's actually already accessible to me. And, and it, it, this is a really great way of tying what I was mentioning earlier, is realizing who we are energetic form being you're a soul with a body not a body with a soul and you're realizing that you're connected to everything and that you're you can access any emotional state or energetic state at any time and um if we stop projecting all the things externally trying to fill that void you know we we then realize oh wow like i you become unlimited because you become full instead of lacking and that that is a really powerful place to be a person who does not need anything or anyone is a powerful person powerful person you cannot manipulate that person you cannot make that person bend to your will or do things for you or do things uh, that is bad or unhealthy for him or her so yeah um transition from knowing mental knowing or mental understanding hello do you have me the the internet yeah. said that it was unstable am i back yeah so uh, what we successfully did in our sessions because again we're, we're reverse engineering things right is that we are we went from because the things that i've taught you because of how wide of a reader you are i know that some it's not the first time that you've heard it some of the cliche or, or <laughs> principles that I work with, some of them are completely new to you, but some of them more on the mindset shifts stuff, they're not entirely like brand new, but they shifted from a mental understanding to more of body experiential wisdom because it becomes integrated. It was sinking in a good way, sinking down into your body and not just on a mental space. It stops becoming theory and it starts becoming lifestyle and application. And that's where, you know, the shift really do happen. Um, we unlock the gatekeeper in the subconscious, let the actual lessons and shift sink through and become integrated physically into the behaviors, into every cell of your body. And then it creates the, sh the shift, the change that we want in your external reality. Yeah, th those are two different pieces, but I wanted to talk about them both. <laughs> yeah, it's, but yeah. Mm. It's so true because like all the work that we've done, like all the healing has also allowed like my manifestations to come faster. Like I remember writing and it's so fucking interesting. I remember just like <laughs> writing my ideal relationship and like my ideal partner on my journal. And while I was like packing my stuff because I thought I was going to be moving after the super typhoon hit us, I opened that page 
And literally, like, every single thing that I wrote there was in this fucking relationship. And I was like, holy fucking shit. I think all, all the healing that we've done internally has allowed me to reflect that in kind of like the the 3d the 3d world which is like so fucking dope and that's how folks that's how i literally truly knew that you know all that work has been fucking worth it the miracles that you experience from day to day that seems so amazing they're really just symptoms of a healed mind and heart, of a healed mind and an aligned heart, mind, and spirit. That's And when you're in that alignment and you have that healed mind, heart, and spirit, then you experience daily miracles. Like literally every day is an amazing day to be thankful for. And I live like that most of the time. I still enjoy my humanness, my human challenges, but most of the time, Anything can make me cry in a beautiful way. I'll be slicing a potato and I'll be crying in the perfection of the potato and me slicing the potato. I'll be looking at the rain. I'll be crying and just being just in awe. I can bring myself into that state very easily, um, almost by demand. And that's, you know, what, what, what is more worth it? You know, what is better than that? How can that be better if you're in a state of overwhelming gratitude, contentment, and peace as you will, right? Everything else becomes secondary. Um, yeah. And even when my logical human mind is like, oh, red flags, red flags. <laughs> that's <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I felt that, and I so agree. Yeah. <laughs> what did he yeah. say? I felt that. Did and you hear what I said last? No, no, no. A bit. Yeah. So, so I felt that when when I felt the congruency of that um, knowing from your intuition that this is gonna be where your best, a uh, next best expansion and growth will come from. I'd be like, yeah, if this is the next phase that will give you that opportunity, you fuck. Yes, of course, I'm all for it. Of course, how can I not back this up, right? So even when my human self was just like, ah, red flags. Yeah, I was like, yeah. ah, if I'm a relationship coach, <laughs> good thing I'm not a relationship coach, right? Good thing I'm a facilitator and I don't actually tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Awesome. So to everyone who's listening here, um, Obviously, my work with Sarah has been one of the biggest life-changing things that I've experienced in my life. And if they want to find you, where can they go? Great question. I have a website. <laughs> it's constantly changing, but you can just go to my name, sarahsuyum.com, or you can email me, sarah at sarahsuyum.com. Wait, you know what? Don't ever email me. Forget about that. Forget that I said that because actually I don't ever check my email. <laughs> uh, so don't do that. Instead, just uh, find me on socials, uh, Instagram, um, Triggerless Life. So that's at Triggerless Life or my personal account as well, at Sarah Suyom, I think is my Instagram. Um, 
but becoming triggerless. I love Aang. Still really is catchy for me. So Facebook pages becoming triggerless. Decided to really make myself not unavailable, but also because of the finite resources I have in time <laughs> in this human world. Um, I've really been selective with who I work with and Angela knows this. So uh, feel free to snoop around and uh, have a look at what I do and just, yeah, you know, ask people that I've worked with like Ange. But yeah, uh, get in touch through socials or just ask Ange. Sorry, Ange, I'm, I'm telling them to get to you instead of me. <laughs> no worries. It's easier okay. that way. We'll just introduce you. <laughs> Last question. Sarah breaks the mold by... Realizing that there is no mold. Woo! I love that so much. <laughs> This has been a pleasure, Ed. Thank you so much. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.